What is up, guys? It is the Blue Bloods coming back at y'all with another episode in our Big 12 and 30 Day theme. And we're joined by a returning guest for, 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 the, for the probably one of the first times on the podcast. We have the voice of the Baylor Bears, 2019 Texas Co-Sportscaster of the Year and Assistant Athletic Director of Broadcasting at Baylor. John Morris is back with us for a second go around. And I just want to say I appreciate you coming on. Zach, I'm honored if I'm a return guest. Uh, I am honored. It's great to be with you. Look forward to visiting. Absolutely. So, you know, I know this is a college football podcast. We got the beautiful stadium in the background, and everything. But I have to ask: the men's basketball team just made their run to a their first national title. Can you just talk about how the ride was with this team, and does this season now take the top spot as one of the most? It's probably the best moment of your broadcasting career. I would think so, yes, Uh, because I love this team. I love Coach Drew. I'm so happy for him. Uh, You know, it's funny. We found, Zach, we found some audio from Coach Drew's introductory press conference when he came to Baylor. It was uh, August of 19 – no, I'm sorry, August of 2003. This is his 18th year. And he said in that press conference, we don't want to just make the NCAA tournament. We want to win championships. And it sends a chill up my spine, you know, that here Baylor is 18 years later winning a national championship when very few people thought that was possible here in basketball. Uh, And Coach Drew had the belief and he had the vision and he got the players and assistant coaches and made it happen. So I'm really happy for him. And uh, we can talk basketball for about a half an hour if you'd like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I I would love to have a college basketball podcast. I I was a huge fan of Baylor. I had them go into the championship for my bracket. I put my money in the role plays with the Gonzaga. So I was winning all my bracket tournaments, lost them all after the game. So I regret everything about that. But let's get to the football field, man. You know, night is not as bright, bright of a spot in the first year for Dave Aranda, two and seven. But uh, this was one of the most affected teams by COVID, and with a new head coach and full staff change, no off season. I couldn't imagine how hard of a job it was to prepare for this past year. But I'm assuming I kind of know your answer to this. But did this season exceed, fall short of, or kind of meet their expectations with COVID? Well, I would say this as a transition from basketball to football. The basketball program was in much worse shape when Scott Drew took over than the football program is with Dave Aranda taking over last year. And it was just a shame, you know, first first time as a head coach for Coach Aranda and to have all those COVID uh, protocols and no spring last year. That was huge to not have spring in his first year with a new staff and then just all the practice protocols that they had to go through. So it's really his hands were really tied last year. So to answer your question, I I don't know what I expected, really, because it was all, you know, ever changing and evolving with COVID. Um, I, I like Dave a lot. I think he's a great, great hire. I think we're going to be much improved this year. We're finishing spring right now. Uh, spring game, as we record this, comes up tomorrow afternoon if the rain stops and it's pouring right now. But uh, I just like the way he has conducted himself and conducted business here. You can see we're on the right trajectory, even though we were 2-7 and seven last year. Absolutely. I, I I still think me and Brandon, as he's off taking a little break, I mean, we both love the Aranda hire. Brandon, as an LSU fan, was very high on Aranda. I think I picked Baylor. This was my biggest miss of the preseason. I had Baylor finish in third in the Big 12. So 
I was really high on this team, and I think there's some promising people coming back. But one of the things I was kind of reading on the Baylor, you know, two four seven site and stuff is that a lot of people were critical of the offense last year and make a change at offensive coordinator. Do you expect a large improvement under Jeff Grimes? And what do you think the biggest scheme change might be in terms of, you know, the offense? Good question. I do expect a big change. And uh, and we were not good offensively last year. I mean, uh, last or next to last in the league. I think next to last in the league in scoring and, and total offense. Um, it, it just it just never really uh, got in gear offensively last year. Defense did some good things. Uh, but offensively, just didn't hardly give our team a chance to win many games last year. So uh, give Coach Aranda credit, even coming off of that COVID year and his first year as a head coach, his first year here, uh, he didn't w- hesitate to make some changes on the offensive staff. Jeff Grimes is here now as our new offensive coordinator, comes from Brigham Young. Uh, he's a guy with Texas roots. He's from Garland, Texas, uh, metro, uh, up in the Metroplex. And uh, I tell you what, I really like that guy. I like what he brings to the table. Uh, and then uh, with him is Eric Mateos, who's an offensive line coach and has worked with Coach Grimes and Coach Aranda. So it was almost like, I mean, it wasn't a package hire, but it's almost like those two are, are very good together. So it's great that they're here together. And then Chancey Stuckey is a new uh, hire on the offensive side. He's the receivers coach for Baylor. But uh, just to answer your question of what we'll see differently uh, if you look at the BYU offense last year, uh, that, I think, is what we want to do here. Now, Zach Wilson's not coming. We won't have Zach Wilson <laughs> here at Baylor, um, but uh, I think he's going to be making some money uh, come fall. But other than that, you know, it's kind of a downhill, uh, you know, offensive line paves the way. I think we'll see more of a running attack with this team. And I think that's what we will see. I think that's what they want to see, what they want to do to have a real identity offensively. I'm not sure we ever established what our identity was last year. So um, it'll be fun to see. I I like this staff. I like the cohesiveness uh, with the new guys that are here, you know, coupled with the guys that are returning in new positions. Sean Bell is now the quarterback's coach. And we got to find a quarterback, Zach. You know that uh, Charlie Brewer is gone. So, got four good candidates. Uh, we'll see who emerges as the starting quarterback. Yeah, and I was going to get to that, you know, coming up soon. But there's one side. The defensive side of the ball is where Coach Aranda, that's his specialty. It's one of the greatest defensive minds in the country right now. There's a player on this team that I think is pro- could be a first-round pick next year. He's a superstar, and that's Terrell Bernard. The, the, this kid, I don't know why I, I am just obsessed with how how this kid plays. He's going to be the senior leader of this defense. He got hurt last year, which really limited him down the stretch. Do you expect Terrell to break out and be one of just the best defenders in the country? And do you think he could be that next Baylor defender that goes first round, which we've seen in some recent years? Yeah, I do. I really do. I, I agree with your assessment. He is really good. He just plays sideline to sideline. He's so smart, too. You know, it's like he anticipates where the play is going and what he needs to do to bust up that play. Uh, he did have a shoulder injury at the end of last season, really hurt us when he had to go out. Um, but and, and he's recovering from that. They've held him out of spring completely. He probably could have done some things in spring, but I think the coaches know what Terrell Bernard can bring, so they didn't need to see him out there. So he has sat out the entire spring. He'll be 100% come fall camp. 
But uh, you're right. Folks need to keep an eye on Terrell Bernard because he's going to be one of the top defensive players, not only in the Big 12 Conference, but on all the nation this year. I agree. This kid has just popped. Every time I watch Baylor, I'm like, who is that? That 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 kid is all over the place, like you said. But let's get to the quarterback battle you mentioned. Charlie Brewer heads, you know, you know, moves on with his career. There's a huge hole at the quarterback position, to be honest. I mean, Jacob Zeno, Gary Bohannon, Blake Sharpman, freshman Kyron Jones, who I really like out of this past recruiting class. That kid's a stud. But who for you right now, just based on what you're hearing, is probably the favorite for this QB1 position? And what have you just kind of been hearing throughout spring practice about how, how all four of these guys have been progressing? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, we had Coach uh, Aranda on our coaches show this past week, and obviously, you know, the quarterback position is a hot topic and, and something I asked him on the coaches show. And their answer is uh, that they all uh, – the meeting room is really great. That quarterback meeting room is really great in that they all support each other. There's no infighting. There's no backbiting among those guys. They all support each other, which is great. And a real uh, uh, test to Sean Bell, who's the quarterback's coach, you know, keeping it that way. So I – and I haven't seen a lot of spring practice because I was with basketball up until April 6th which is the latest we've ever played basketball. But uh, the practices that I've seen, it looks like they're giving equal reps to uh, at least those top three guys, to Gary Bohannon, to Jacob Zeno, and uh, then to Blake Shapin also. Uh, And then Kyron Drones, they're bringing him along. But I think those first three are really getting equal reps and and mixing it up, you know, So, so they are at times with the number one offense at times against the number one defense, you know? So it's not, if you're with number two, you're always with number two. So it's been good. I think it's been uh, uh, calculated how they have given those guys the reps and who they have been with. So to answer your question, I, I don't know who is leading right now. Uh, maybe uh, maybe there's only one or two people who really know the answer to that, or maybe there is no answer to that right now. They just want to go through the spring, have good competition, have these guys push each other, and then when we get to fall camp, uh, then kind of narrow in on a timetable of naming a starter. Right. I mean, and so that's like the biggest storyline surrounding spring practice. I I really do like Zeno too. I just I've co- I covered Kyron Jones, looking at one of our recruiting updates, and I think that kid's potential is through the roof for the future. But you mentioned the spring game as we're recording on Friday, April twenty third is tomorrow. Hopefully, if the rain holds off, and I think there's a lot of other interesting position battle storylines that are gonna that are gonna play out in McLean Stadium. What are the biggest position of battles that you are looking forward to other than the quarterback battle tomorrow? Yeah, good question. I would say uh, the offensive line has really been interesting this spring because we've got some talented guys there, and they keep moving them around. Uh, you know, Eric Mateos is the new offensive line coach. And, uh, you know, take, take uh, yeah, Colin, uh, Connor Galvin. Take Connor Galvin. You would think of him as our starting left tackle, which he may very well be. But I think he's probably played every position in the offensive line, and same for everybody in there. Uh, They just move them around, trying to find the best combinations, trying to find out where each player uh, excels, maybe where they fit in the best. And uh, I can appreciate that. You know, with a new offensive line coach just getting to know these guys, you know, you just want to know everything about them. And you want your best five out there, you know, as your five starters, no matter what the position is. So I think they've really used this spring to move guys around, try them in every possible position and combination. 
Um, so that's been really interesting to watch the offensive line. Uh, our running backs, we've got good running backs, uh, in, in, and for the most part, guys who are uh, proven and tested. Tristan Ebner leads the way there. Our receivers, the same way. We've got some really talented receivers. Um, and then on, on the, the defensive line, I think, is another interesting position. Really, both lines uh, are interesting to me because I think that's a real key for Coach Aranda and this coaching staff is it all starts up front, and I can appreciate that. Um, there's a transfer that's here from LSU, Apu Aika, uh, who fills some space there at the nose tackle position. And the uh, practices I've watched, I can't keep my eyes off him because he is fun to watch. He's a big dude, and uh, it's fun to add him to the guys that are back. Uh, and, you know, we've got 10 starters back on the defensive side. So a lot of guys have played. A lot of guys are back, especially on that defensive side. And um, it, it, it's been really interesting to see them progress, even in new positions for some of the guys. Right. And, you know, I'm really interested to watch y'all spring game. As I, as I said, the QB battle, I want to see how they improve. Because this is just a team that I know was better than two wins last year. If I if y'all, if I would have told you going into last season, they would have been a two and seven year. You would have probably been like, yeah, I'll put my money on that. I'll put my salary on that. But the recruiting class is somewhere that, you know, I'm looking and I see a lot of promise. I mean, a top 45 class, we talked about Ky- Kyron Drones. What were the biggest positional needs last recruiting cycle? And are there any guys other than Kyron that have really stood out this spring? That's a good question. I'd, I'd have to have the list in front of me of the new guys, and I really don't. I apologize for that. But I know they focused on uh, on linemen. You know, I, I think uh, here in the state of Texas – um, and maybe maybe it's nationally this way too. If you can, you know, if you can find some war daddy uh, defensive linemen, you go get those guys and you try to get them because they're just so vital to your success. And the same for the offensive line. Just trying to build. We've got some good front line players, but trying to build up some depth there in the offensive line. Um, so I, I know they focused on that in recruiting, and we've got some uh, guys that are uh, in there in the mix, contributing at least. Uh, and I mentioned Apu, who's not a, a recruit, but he's a, a transfer from LSU in the defensive line. So I'll have to uh, plead the fifth right now. Maybe we'll talk again after <laughs> after the spring game, which comes up tomorrow, and I'll have a better handle on the newcomers. Absolutely, absolutely. And so there was some breaking news this week in terms of, you know, like I guess the transfer portal just from the NCAA. One free transfer rule finally passed. You don't have to sit out a year. You guys – I think got four or five recruits out of the portal this this past recruiting cycle. Do you expect Dave Aranda and this staff to really try to bring in some more experience out of the transfer portal or really kind of stick to that kind of 50-50? Like, we're going to get our high school guys, but if there's somebody who comes along, we're going to go with him. Yeah, I, I can't speak for them, but I would think that, uh, you know, you really build your program through guys that you bring in as freshmen, as true freshmen. Uh, and, and again, the high school talent here in the state of Texas is so good. The high school coaches here in the state of Texas are so good in preparing guys, uh, you know, for their programs and then for beyond. So I, I think they'll never get completely away from uh, from high school recruits, but also keep an eye on uh, maybe some specific needs that are available in the transfer portal. Um, I asked Coach Aranda this on the coaches show this week, you know, how have you changed uh, your staff, uh, as far as the transfer portal is uh, is looked at, 
and they've got somebody that specifically watches that portal uh, all day and all night. You know, I, I probably most schools do that now because uh, it can be an instant infusion of talent and you get it, the right mix of somebody in a spot where you need somebody that can be huge. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's, uh, you've been, you know, covering football. You've seen these kind of just new waves come in and out in terms of recruiting and how things work. Do you think that, you know, you, you look at what Florida State released a few weeks ago where they're plugging like Tallahassee as a city now because of the new, um, you know, name image likeness law that's coming into play down in Florida. They're, they're promoting their city saying we're a big city where, you know, we have all these companies and stuff. How does, how, how you are being, you're in Waco. How do you think a city like Waco can be sold to recruits in terms of that being compared to cities like Atlanta, Tallahassee, and, you know, these capital cities, I would say. Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, it's it's what is a recruit looking for? You know, what do they want? Do they do they want a big city? We're not a big city. Some don't want that. Some would rather be in a place where it's a smaller city, uh, but it's a big-time athletic program, you know, and a big-time conference in the Big 12. Uh, and then you, I, I think always in football and in every sport, you look for the right uh, fit for a, a recruit, a student athlete that's coming in here. You know, we're a Baptist university, and we're proud of that. I mean, we this is maybe not the right school for some people, but for others who want a, uh, you know, small school, middle-sized school, Christian education, but playing at the highest level in the Big 12 Conference and playing for not only conference championships, but national championships, Baylor can be that place for you. So I think that that is our niche, and I think that translates to uh, to football, to basketball, to women's basketball, baseball, softball, you know, volleyball, all those sports. So that to me is uh, is a selling point for Baylor University, and Waco is uh, tremendously supportive of uh, of Baylor University and Baylor athletics. There's a lot going on in Waco, uh, Zach. You're gonna have to come here and tour uh, Magnolia and. Chip and Joe are at the games and all those things. So that's a that's a draw in itself. Absolutely. And I just want to say I always look for like an awesome stadium picture to kind of put in the background. I had the hardest time picking Baylor because there are so many just amazing pictures of the stadium. You can get an outside picture from the river. You can get an aerial picture, one from inside the stadium. It's one of the best looking stadiums in the country. So that, that campus looks beautiful. So I'll definitely have to make it down. I have a lot of trips planned this year because COVID, you know, no fans anywhere. So I, that was the right. first year in years that I haven't been to a football game. But I want to get to next season. You know, looking at the roster, we've talked, you know, freshmen, we've talked to quarterback battle. But outside of those, do you think there's a player that we aren't talking about right now that I might, I may be overlooking, that fans may be overlooking, that you think could really shine and have their breakout year next year? I tell you what, uh, the first name that comes to mind uh, are really a couple of our receivers. Taquan Thornton, folks may know his name, but he's just outstanding. Big, tall guy, long stride, great hands. And then R.J. Sneed. R.J. Uh, last year uh, made a couple of catches that are about the best catches I've ever seen. And he did it, you know, in two separate occasions last year in two different games. So those guys, to me, are really, really good and uh, as good at their position, I think, as anybody, uh, you know, all-conference, maybe all-American level uh, guys. Those are the first two that I think of. And we've already talked about Terrell Bernard, who is so great to watch and so athletic 
and uh, just praying that he has a, a complete season, a healthy season this year. No reason to think that he won't. He'll be 100% when we get going again. So those would be the, the guys that I think of first. Yeah, I, I think wide receiver is always a big thing, especially in the Big 12. Got to have guys that can go get the ball. I mean, you look at everyone who's won the Big 12. You got to have those go-to guys. But looking ahead, I, I'm looking at the schedule, and I know that the conference is going to be difficult next year, but I see some really lucky breaks. I think Baylor's that team that that schedule kind of lines up where I, th- I can see a big breakout season. You get Oklahoma, you get Iowa State, Texas at home. They got to come to Waco, play in that environment. And BYU is probably not going to be the same team. They lose their offensive coordinator to you guys, offensive, <laughs> offensive line coach to you guys, Zach Wilson to the NFL draft. So BYU isn't going to be the same for you right now on April 23rd. What is the ceiling and or floor for the 2021 team? Yeah, I, I hate to put a, a ceiling on it because I, I don't want to underestimate these guys, you know. Uh, I think I've learned through the years, you know, maybe I say this is a 10-win team. Well, why aren't they a 12-win team? You know, why aren't they playing in the Big 12 championship game? Or if I tell you, you know, this is a 10-win team, well, which two are they going to lose? You know, so I would right. have a hard time putting a ceiling on them. I think we will be greatly improved from last year, uh, just having spring practice, just getting the uh, cohesiveness uh, and and the solidarity with the new staff and the new staff members uh, our defense, again, was really good last year. No reason to think it won't take a step forward and be even better this year. Uh, and then the schedule you mentioned, we've got seven home games this year, which is great. Um, and uh, they're all tough. I mean, they are all tough in the Big 12 Conference. But it'll be nice to have those teams that you mentioned uh, coming to Waco. And we hope by the fall that we're at uh, 100% or close to 100% capacity at McLean Stadium because that's a real home field advantage for us, uh, getting crowds here. And our fans are great. So hopefully we're at that, and it'll be a real advantage for Baylor this year. I hope so. I know everyone has their fingers crossed. Everyone should be going to get vaccinated soon and yes. you know, making sure they, they take the proper health precautions. But I mean, you mentioned COVID. I, I, I wanted to even ask you this. It's just looking back on this season, how was it different calling games and going to all these environments with – near empty stadiums did it throw you off did it just not feel right like just looking back on how you just kind of process this whole last season yeah I I tell you the the biggest difference uh for me was we weren't around the team as much I couldn't go out and watch practice like I normally do we didn't travel with the team which we normally do and I miss that interaction you know it's fun just to be out there at practice and see them and talk to them uh face to face and that just didn't happen this past year uh, in every sport, you know, it was the same even for uh, basketball, making the run to the national championship. I just wasn't around the team as much as I normally uh, would be. So so that was the main thing. Uh, travel, we were separate from the team. And then you go to these stadiums that are normally packed and, and they're, you know, 25 percent or maybe some even less than that. So I just hate that for the fans because I know uh, folks enjoy uh, the uh, pomp and pageantry of, of college football, and we really miss that. You know, we really miss the energy that the fans bring to the stands. Absolutely. It's not the same. Even watching on TV, you could just tell, like, it's just like you, you have this big game, even like the Iron Bowl, like all the energy yeah. just sucked right out of Bryant Denny. There's like 20,000 people in this giant stadium. I did not love it, but – you know, as we come to the end, I only got two more questions, but this one kind of has to do with the Big 12 in general. 
we saw there was a lot of argument this year. Oklahoma versus Notre Dame versus Texas A&M for that final playoff spot. The Big 12 ultimately gets left out. And the reason I want to ask people this is because that very well could have been Baylor, who was the Big 12 champion, getting left out. Do you feel like the Big 12 doesn't get enough respect overall as a conference? And, you know, how would you fix this thing where it's like all these Power 5 conference champions are getting left out for teams that maybe aren't conference champions? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's above my pay grade. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I have I have thoughts on it. Uh, and, and listen, I'm a Big 12 guy. I support our schools. We play uh, in our league. We play everybody. So you don't have the benefit of maybe uh, sidestepping someone over the course of, you know, every season or every other season or something like that. So, you know, we really do have, uh, you know, our champion has played everybody and run the gauntlet and will play somebody in the Big 12 championship game for a second time in the same year. So I just think you you earn it in our league, and uh, and it is a tough league. I mean, the schools you mentioned, Oklahoma and uh, Iowa State, you know, is Iowa State's poised to have a great year this year. Oklahoma the same way. Texas, a coaching change. Uh, you know, and, and all, every school, it's just tough. Everywhere you go and every game is just tough in our league. So I would think uh, – you know, I, I would say this kind of uh, with my Big 12 hat on that we deserve a seat at the table in the college football playoff. But I understand there's only four seats there and they they go quickly. Um, so, But I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if expanding it to, uh, you know, to five and, and one, uh, you know, plus one there to have six in the playoff or going to eight. Uh, there's apparently some news today about that potentially moving forward with the college football playoff with a, with a new number, possibly more than four. Um, but, uh, boy, it's hard to get in that playoff when there's only four schools that make it. And think about how many good schools there are playing college football. It's just tough to get there. A thousand percent. I, I mean, I've been vocal on the podcast about how I feel. But, yeah, that, that news is kind of why I wanted to ask the question because I know they're meeting about it. And I've been very vocal about this whole narrative with the national media that there's no parity in college football, that, you know, the sixth best team in the country can't win the national title. It's probably not necessarily true every year because I think Oklahoma this year at least was the hottest team in the country at, at the end of last year. They were probably better than Notre Dame, just in my opinion. But last question here, I asked you this last time you came on, but we have new listeners and I want to, and I'm, I've, I've got to get a trip planned down there because this is a stadium that's really high on my bucket list. What makes McLean Stadium one of the best environments in the Big 12? Well, the location, you know, that picture you, you uh, chose there uh, on the background, uh, that looks out on the Brazos River and then the campus on the other side of the river. It's a beautiful location. Uh, you know, we're not the largest stadium, but just the, uh, the proximity to the river we're right off I-35, and it's a real showcase uh, as people drive up and down I-35 here in Central Texas. And uh, then you can see in that picture also there's a bit of an overhang at the top, and that sort of reflects the sound back down. So it, it can get very loud in there. Uh, it has gotten very loud in particular moments in particular games. Um, and our, again, our fans are just so loyal and so resilient and they keep coming back and want to be back, you know, in full force this year. Um, so those would be some of the things I would say that, uh, Zach, you need to come and experience it in person. Hey, I, I'm in Kansas now, so I, I really feel like I need to make a trip. I made a trip to Dallas 
in 2019 to go see Jerry World when Auburn played Oregon down there. That was an awesome trip. So I have to just keep going south next time and come visit Baylor. I, this is one of the I don't know why. Like I know people who don't follow college football be like, why do you want to go to Baylor? It's one of the top stadiums for me. I, I know we have a trip planned to Penn State this year for the Auburn game and a trip planned to Iowa State for the Iowa State of Iowa game. So I'll have to make Baylor my third trip. If I come down there, I'll have to make sure to reach out to you. That way you can show me where to go um, on that beautiful campus. But, man, I really, really enjoyed this. Having you on again, it was good to see you. But where can our listeners find you? Where can they find the radio calls? And where can they find everything you do for Baylor? Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks. Our website is BaylorBears.com. Uh, tune in is a great tool to listen to our broadcast. Uh, just search Baylor Bears or Baylor Athletics or Baylor Football um, on uh, social media at Voice of Bears. So uh, you can follow that if you're so inclined. Uh, and then our games here in the Big 12, uh, TV games, are uh, for the most part Big 12 now on ESPN+. And we've got a lot of sports that are on there. Um, so that's a good uh, avenue also. So I appreciate you asking. And We'll save you a spot. You come down whenever you can make it, and we'll uh, roll out the red carpet for you. <laughs> I definitely appreciate it. I will definitely make sure to make my way down to Baylor, um, hopefully this season and or next. And um, I'm not sure where they play K-State this year. Now I'm at K-State. So uh, if you guys come up here, I'll definitely be there as well. But I appreciate it, man. But, guys, make sure to go check out John and all things Baylor football. Um, y'all, y'all know where to find us, man. Um, YouTube, all podcast streaming platforms, the two minute drill Monday through Friday on our YouTube channel and make sure to subscribe now, but guys for myself, for John and the blue bloods, we are out.